0: Welcome everybody to the last episode of Series 1 of Unlocked. I know, can you believe it? This is the 13th episode of Season 1, and what a fantastic journey this podcast has been on. So if we are going to finish Season 1, we need a great guest. And I think the king of kindness, Scott Leeper, is perfect to finish off this series. In a time that can only be described as challenging and tough for so many people right now, especially with the recent announcements in the UK, kindness is what is so important right now. And this is a fantastic episode. And Scott truly is a wonderful human being, creating kindness all over the world. You will notice that this episode was recorded live across social media a few weeks ago via StreamYard, which was actually before KindFest USA. But it is a wonderful episode. And I hope that it inspires you to go share some kindness in the world. But before the episode kicks off, I do want to just say a gigantic thank you to everyone following this podcast. It started just because of a simple idea because I wanted to create something that would add value to business owners and help people live the best version of themselves. Who would have known? It would evolve into 13 amazing episodes and now with over 1,200 downloads of the podcast. Thank you so much for everyone's support. But I will be back in the new year with a brand new season, which is going to be pretty awesome with even more amazing content, tips, and incredible human beings helping you to live the best version of yourself. Stay tuned for a teaser of Series 2 coming in the new year. But for everybody listening, I do hope you have an amazing Christmas and best wishes for 2021. And without further ado, enjoy this episode. Good morning, everybody, it is me, Ricky Locke, and today we are coming live for the Unlocked podcast. It is lovely to see you. Today is a little bit different to your standard podcast because we are live across the internet. We are live on Facebook and YouTube, not LinkedIn, because LinkedIn hasn't approved me yet, unfortunately. But welcome to the show. If you are watching this, then please put a little comment in the box uh, on the Facebook page or the YouTube, and we will answer that. If you have any questions as well for my guest, who I will reveal in a second, We will answer that as well for you. But welcome to the podcast live. If you've never joined the podcast, then this is the Unlock Podcast, which is me. It's called the Ricky Lock Podcast. And I help business owners, small business owners, um, solopreneurs to create success in their business. And I hope you're going to enjoy this because we have a really, really great guest, and I'm going to bring him on in just a second. But I think you'll have a, a lot of fun with this. It's going to be a really, really great episode. So I'm going to bring him in, and um, this is a good friend of mine. Welcome to the show, Scott Leeper. Hi, Scott. How are you? I'm really good. Thank you. Thank you very much for having me. Not a problem at all. Yeah, great to see you and uh, appreciate it. I know that we said that we were going to do this a long while ago, and it took me a long while to actually <laughs> get this on board. So I appreciate that um, uh, on board. So thank you very much. Lovely to see you. How are you? How was your weekend?
1: It was great. Thanks, yeah. I... I got through my, my, my post note pile that's been stacked last week uh, and had a, a pretty good weekend. I finished the weekend by painting a wall grey, so I don't know if that's a metaphor, hopefully not for the rest of the week.
0: <laughs> yeah, the fingers is uh,
1: And I, And I, just before you invited me on this morning, I got an email right above yours from another Ricky who said that I could leverage my home and get zero balance in five years. So I don't know if, it's this Ricky or the other Ricky that was emailing.
0: <laughs> well, who knows? Maybe. Maybe that's another sideline that I've not told anyone about. Do
1: that as well, please.
0: Well, I am a magician, so who knows? Maybe I can uh, save you some money, can I? <laughs> but, yeah, welcome to the show, Scott. It is great to see you. I'm really looking forward to this because I know we've only just met this year, probably back in, I think it was May or June, sometime in the summer. But you have a, a, a wonderful story to share about how you've, come into light of where you are right now and you're involved in lots of different pies with lots of yeah. kindness, uh lots of amazing uh, learning development and also about customer experience, which is why I wanted to chat to you about this. But I think for everybody listening, Scott, tell everyone who are you and what do you do?
1: Thank you, Ricky. I use three words normally to describe what I do. The first one I normally use is creator. And uh normally when I'm working in a, a leadership or a management or an HR space and People introduce me to events as a creator. It's kind of raise raised the eyebrow to say, what does, what does that actually mean? Um, <laughs> yeah. And it's because I spend a lot of time creating events and combining it with the skill of curation. Um, but I create a lot of programs and events and experiences and products for businesses. Um, so I do that a lot of my time. Uh, the other thing that I do is probably a bit of a baker. I like to bake things lots, but I actually weave that into the way in which you do business. Because as you know, and you said very kindly in your introduction, that kindness is a big aspect in a lot of the stuff that I do as well. Um, so I make that part of my business, that I make a lot of things for people as well as create a lot of things for people. And then the third word is probably a Um, not just because it trips off the tongue nicely with, with baking and creator, but think um, <laughs> there's a lot of randomness and I was chatting to a guy last week um, who was somebody I've, I've admired the work for many years and I finally got a chance to have a conversation with him, David Perl. And he used a lovely face to describe me that I'd never described myself as. He says, you've got itchy creativity. and I thought Itchy that, creativity? Itchy creativity. And that that actually fits really well into the, 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 the way I describe myself as being a randomator that I like to do lots of different things. And I constantly get ideas sparking off about new things that I can do that I think can ultimately make learning development more powerful and ultimately hopefully make the world of work a happier place in the way in which you work so i love that description so i think for all future things that yeah. go with it, your creativity because i love it you have to stick that under the linkedin or well, under a
0: business card wouldn't
1: you yeah great so that's the kind of stuff that i do every day. Really, that's great
0: yeah i think one of the things that we'll dive into um is, is this so for anybody watching you'll be able to see this but for listeners uh, who are listening to the podcast when this goes out this is uh, an amazing product here and you'll notice that it it goes quite well with myself because you'll see it says 52 uh, if i zoom in closer but it's shaped like a deck of cards and practically is a deck of cards but it's a very special pack of cards
1: scott what is cognitize what is this okay so cognitize is 52 cards of limitless learning but I've, i've noticed that a lot of card-based products that have a lifespan. They that you use them a few times and then you may get a little bit tired of some of the images I'm not finding another use for them. So in a box of cognitized cards, you've got six themes that exist in there and every single one of those themes are about a different theme of learn development. But in each of the cards, there's a four-point structure. There's a learn, there's a share, there's a grow, and there's a repeat. And in every single card, there's a learning activity that you would do with someone else. There's a generous aspect of giving that card the way as a gift to someone else. There's a growth aspect of it that you can grow and others can grow from that. And there's a repeat cycle that you do that as many times as you can with as many people as you can. So the whole aspect of Cognitize is sharing our learning, all powered by kindness, that every single one of those stories should grow and grow and grow. And it's a card system that allows people to learn and to grow by sharing stories. And that, that's what I wanted to do with it when I started off, was to try and create and collect and curate as many stories as I could from different people who had many stories, and you did a brilliant story yourself, um, Ricky, around if I could tell you <laughs> one of the cards. But basically every one of the cards is structured in that same way, that you have a learn, a share, a grow, and a repeat, and then basically you give those cards away, and hopefully when you give those cards away to people that they can learn from the experience that you had, and there's a benefit from you in that. You get to share your story, and it stops that learning from kind of turning to stone. It stops that that kind of exponential learning loss, if you like. It stops people losing the learning they had, and it allows them to share it forward. So you get a benefit because you're sharing an experience that you've had, and it cemented your learning experience, and they get a benefit because they're getting something they hadn't heard before. So I created those you know, almost 12 months ago now this week, actually. is on Friday this week that we did it. Oh, wow. And uh, the whole idea of those cards is to let them loosen the world and let them grow organically. They're not my babies. They're other people's now, and, and to go out and grow. And my job within it now is to, is to keep creating as many videos as we can uh, for the content because, as you saw, I'll show you a bigger version for those watching because it's lot easier to see in a bigger scale, but these are oversized ones. If you scan the little QR code there, basically that takes you to a website that shows you videos based on the subject of this card So if the learned experience here is give someone this card and tell them what you love about their approach to work, the share is to physically give them that card, uh, physically or digitally. And the grow aspect is when you scan that little QR code, a video will come up with different people who have shared their stories about how they've used that card or what they could share with you. So we've got speakers, magicians, entertainers, (laughs) DJs, um, leadership experts, chief executives of organizations coaches, all different people sharing stories on there. Uh, and we've been going for 12 months now with this process and we've just hit the 120 mark that we've got 120 stories in the entire set from different people as well. They can only access, only be accessed by you finding a card or by you giving a card to someone else. So that's pretty much how Cognitise works. It's a fascinating concept and I remember that I think one of the first cards that I was introduced
0: to was um, Matt Callanan's with the, the 10, 10 for good. Yeah, yeah, which was just a a beautiful idea of leaving ten pounds for someone and they would then have to go do some kindness with that, which is just a wonderful thing, isn't it? And I think until I'd experienced it uh, in the rounds of where I used to work, a lot of the listeners will know that I used to be a national trainer and we'd often have conversations where you'd you'd have like pre um you know descriptive cards ready to start a conversation. but I just think this adds such a a fun element to it and there's loads of different themes. But it just creates such a wonderful conversation, and the fact that you can have the QR code to to go watch a listener, you know, it is amazing, isn't it? You know, and I'm absolutely honoured that, um, you know, you even asked me. I was, at first, I was like, "Why on earth would Scott would want me?" You know, uh, and this was my card, I think. Uh, if I could tell you one thing, which is which is a really funny story about me turning four hours late for a wedding and nearly. Um, uh, shitting myself, yeah. Um, So I'll have to edit that way out on the podcast. But yeah, I, I think it's just a genius thing. And um, you know, not only do you obviously have the cards, but you also do uh, cognitise connect as well. So what what is the connect sessions that you do?
1: So the connect sessions were were at first a little bit of a response to to lockdowns, actually here in the in the UK. So our initial plan, I say, or my initial plan, and and Rory who helps me imagine us, the initial plan was to have. A series of live events throughout the country and basically traveling around, bringing speakers from those different parts of the country into the room and you're really creating a great event for people in, in evenings. And we did our first, our first launch session in Belfast. We held one in Glasgow and then the world got hit by COVID and we went, well, we can't really do live events now, so how are we going to do it? But there were such unique and special events because I had really, really carefully considered who the speakers were. And you highlighted Matt there. we had Matt doing a live broadcast from the Belfast launch. And I wanted to make sure that we did something virtually, that it felt like a really bespoke experience for people. And it wasn't just a, a one hour Zoom call where people pop up on screen. So the Cognitize Connect session was one hour. With two speakers, one host, and limitless conversations, that we wanted to make sure that it wasn't just speakers, but they were really interactive. So the connectors took place every two weeks during lockdown and gradually built a community of an audience. Because when you when you develop a product as well, it's it's ultimately your your village that you build around it and your fans that follow it that help you to push the product out there. Really, it's not like a like a retail product but you put it on a shelf. So it was important to really build that that community behind it, trying to do something with it. So the Connect sessions were a way of doing that. They were able to bring the speakers from the cards into the room and allow them to tell the stories to those audiences as well in a longer time scale, because in the cards, each of the stories are about three to five minutes long, whereas live events are about 15 minutes long. So it gives them a good chance to actually tell an expanded version or a 3D version of those stories. And also use the breakout rooms for participants to have a conversation powered by those cards as well. So if we took a card like random acts of kindness, like this one here, going into the breakout room and having conversations with people of what you've done in your local community, or in your workplace to generate random acts of kindness. Or if we took a story about stretching yourself, what have you done to stretch yourself in the last few weeks? So if we talked about the gift of greatness that people giving a gift to other people to show them why they think they're great or superpowers Trying to then buy people's superpowers, which are all individual cards, it's in the breakout space. Having people share those conversations builds the same thing that's at the heart of the product, which is you again getting the benefit because you're sharing your experiences and cementing, cementing your own learning. And they getting the benefit because they're hearing something new that can go off the call and go, oh, I hadn't thought of that, I'm yeah, going to do that now as well. So that, that's what the connect sessions Well, about. We've got our, our next one coming up next Tuesday, actually, which is a. A two hour Christmas special, and it's going to be a very festive experience the way that we've also curated that as well. So, um, that's what the Connect sessions are really all about. It's absolutely freezing in my office, by the way. I put the <laughs> <laughs> I can feel that like my cheese almost
0: gone now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. oh, well, it's just <laughs> Scotland, isn't it? Scotland's cold anyway, though, isn't
1: it? I've
0: got to say, the um, one of the, the, the podcast episodes, or I think episode four was responsible uh, well i found them because of connect which was osman sharif which was about the superpower and by going into the waiting room and discussing about what is your superpower and then hearing osman's story made me just think oh my god that's amazing but i find it fascinating that you've you've been able to i ain't saying that word pivot i think mean, everyone's bloody pivoting aren't they this year but you found a way to still provide that limitless conversation in a way that is still um, engaging it's interactive it's fun and you leave with a message i remember each time at the end of every connection that i'll be walking away with some peace of mind or some reassurance that others are feeling the same way as me and also a simple action to go send a card to someone which is uh, a very thought-provoking session and very powerful that's that's not um you know, it's a very powerful thing that you you guys are doing, and, and I guess for the next year, um, fingers crossed with whatever happens with the events industry, are you going to plan to do more live uh, events and things like that? Um,
1: we, yeah, yes. Um, however, we've also got some really cool stuff that we're going to reveal on the first about the virtual space that we're creating for it as well, because um, Zoom has been an absolute you know lifesaver for many businesses in terms of how they've used it to develop develop deliver training. Us as teams and WebEx and our know, platforms that people are using, but I think there's other ways that we can make that even better actually for people to to have that experience that you very kindly said there about the takeaways from it and you feel like you're part of something. I think we can yeah. really we can really push that a lot a lot more within a virtual space, but you know I'm really also like anyone else missing face to face contact with people and I can remember yeah. the last session we did was the first week in March face to face Wow being in the room yeah. with um, about 50 people that evening in the room. And I walked out I walked out the room at the end of it and went to the bar. And the bar actually had Leaper Lager on top. I don't know if that was a sign that it was the oh, end. Oh, right. Of um, but I went <laughs> to the bar after it and thinking, what a wonderful night that was, actually, with what we'd managed to cram into a two-hour yeah. evening, a two-and-a-half-hour evening with different speakers. And Osman was one of our speakers that evening as well, actually. Um, but what we created for it as well. So I'd love to absolutely do more of those. But I think like anything else when you do them, they have to be still quite special and unique. That you're bringing the right people together in that space for it to exist in the right way and not be, oh well, they're available. So we just we'll, we'll put that in there. Like somebody, for example, I think could be the right speaker for the wrong audience. Yeah, <laughs> you know yeah. Need to really think about that. So in Glasgow, we had Kirsty Mac, we had Osman Sharif there, we had Adam Moore there. Um, I had myself there as well hosting. But but all those people we had in that space, we had Emil Stassen. But we had all those people there for different reasons. We had Kirsty there because, as you know, Kirsty, she's always got so much sunshine and optimism and and powerful insight by what she talks about. We had Osman there because he could give some really great content that was also really applicable that people could go and do straight away. Because, again, he's very insightful the way he talks about mindset. We'd email there to really relax people because she's got a really soulful voice. And we had Adam there to actually really entertain people because he's a, a performance actor. Um, so, again, building those four things together were really important. So, whatever I do in the next 12 months ahead, I have to invest that lot of time and actually make sure you've got the, light, the right lineup every single time. And I, I liken it to when somebody puts together a festival or when a band records an album, they don't just put the songs in any order, they think about the order by which the listener's going to hear them.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's you know,
1: true. So, if you thought about some of the best albums ever recorded, and some of the albums that are really that you always listen to them start to finish because of the order that they're in, because yeah, it's the yeah, you get from the entire, those concept albums, that like Sgt. Peppers and things like that, and Part Life by Blur, they're all they're all done in a certain order. Yeah, you can't listen to them any other order. And when you listen to that song, you know exactly what song comes next because of the rhythm yeah. put it into it. And that that's my my. um and that's what's influenced me to do live events and to do digital events is the way that those brilliant bands have, have created those brilliant albums. It's the good yeah. Especially yeah. when you do events as well, you do it in the same way. Well, it's like the encores, isn't it? You know, they play their best song
0: last, you yeah. know, to build up the suspension rather than um, yeah, we're just gonna come out and do the, the great song that we've got and then we're gonna go home. <laughs> you know, you wanna have that experience, don't you, that you're creating. It's funny actually now, because looking above your head. And seeing all the different colors. You reminded me of like uh, insights and uh, profiling. I know Osman uh, has his own kind of profiling as well. But it's interesting, isn't it, that you have created something that is fit for everyone. You've got a little bit of, uh, you know, like Osman just giving the, the mindset training. You've got uh, Kirstie with the, the passion and the energy. And you've got the, um, the lady that you said that has a real soothing energy. So you've got something that's going to appeal to everyone, which is a, a really cool way of doing that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Really, It's really, really deliberate that, that every Connect session that we've done, this is our 10th one we've done there, the curation of it is so important that we get the right order. It's even like who goes first and who goes second. So we've mm-hmm. got two speakers at every Connect session, but I'm really really adamant of having the right order of the right person for what atmosphere you're going to create. So if somebody's going to tell you a really powerful story that's going to move you emotionally, is going to bring tears to your face. I want that to be at the start to really hook you in yeah, and end yeah. up wanting people to leave with a bit of sunshine and a bit of power of what they can do next. Yeah, just to let yeah. go, you know, it depends what, at the same time, you might want to do something that ends on that emotional journey, but you've got to be, you've got to be prepared to let the audience leave with that emotional state. And yeah, I think definitely you do when you're creating these events is you don't just think, well, oh, we've got two people, who wants to go first? Yeah, yeah. You know, order of what you're trying to create in the room and what atmosphere you're trying to create and that that's when for me the best digital experience happens for somebody actually reaches through the screen and mm-hmm. does you, rather than actually just talks at you which you did really well at, at kindfest um i
0: can't remember the one that i attended but you had matt there um you had loads of speakers. i think Kirsty finished it up as well and it was just a wonderful thing where you just i remember there was people in, in tears just from the story And I think that's fascinating when you think about an experience where, yes, I know that we we love belonging. We love to be part of things and to see people in person, but to feel emotionally connected 300 miles away or wherever that is by sitting in my office through a a laptop and a microphone. What a powerful way or what a powerful thing that is, you know, like to, to connect to people to emotion and to make them you know think of a a feeling or or stir some thoughts that's just an incredible thing so yeah what a powerful thing i I think that's a great move there to to thinking about kindfest so for everyone that that's never heard of kindfest tell us about that and how did that come across (laughs) because it's not just yourself that obviously
1: runs that but how did that start so it started in late july early august that i had been introduced to a brilliant lady called joe savannah who runs a kindness movement called Be The Ripple. She had noticed some of the stuff I've been doing around Connect actually, Cognitize Connect, because all the advertising we use for Cognitize Connect is we had, you know, one host, two speakers, limitless conversations, all powered by kindness was the language we used on it, because it was about sharing and giving that stuff away for free, obviously, that we're doing. And she noticed that on social media and she reached out to myself and Rory and said, you know, I a kindness movement called uh, Be The Ripple. And Jo and I found, formed a great friendship over the summer and the, the winter months now as well. But she told me a story and a story just blew the socks off me. And I said, right, one, I'd love you to do a story for Cognitize because I need other people to hear your story because it's not just your story. It's other people's stories, which she absolutely agreed with. Um, and that's what she does with uh, a brilliant venture in Be The Ripple. And then I invited her on to Cognitize Connect to tell her story live She told me her story about Be The Ripple, but she didn't tell me her personal story about bullying and about unkindness, because I wanted to hear it live like the rest of the audience. And then she told me her story about her own example of of bullying and unkindness. And like you said there about um, Kindfest, we had audience members at Cognitize Connect that week in tears because it was such a powerful story. Yeah, Uh, And also so proud of her and so uh uplifted by the end of the story about what you can actually do about this when you experience it so i came off the call i thanked her a lot we hung back for about five minutes and had a chat after it and then i was sitting in my office kind of a few days later and i'm sitting thinking about what can i do because it's always like the, the thing that always um and that kind of educate creativity space i said earlier i always think well if you see a problem try and do something about it do you know yeah they always say that, why doesn't someone do something about that? I'm always like, well, you're probably that someone that could if you just kind of do something about it. And I, I don't tend to sit on things and just go, well, I'll well, maybe get back to it. I just try and go and do something. So that that card that I, I picked up um, 10 minutes ago, this Tag You That card is about playing random acts of kindness with someone else and handing this card when you do so. So it's about playing random acts of kindness tag. So I, I contacted Joe again because we'd arranged to pick up again after it, and I said, i've got an idea i'd like to share with you i said since i started consulting 13 years ago because a lot of my consultancy stuff's really creative i've always wanted to create a festival of learning but not like a festival of learning where it's like a massive networking event are you going to a large conference hall something that really does feel like a music festival that it's fun it's engaging yeah. it's entertaining it's light, it's intense, it's dark, it's moving, it's got every emotion going in it, because the best festivals up and out, you've got so many styles of music, you've got so much entertainment, you've got, you've got like, Glass they used to have these um, political stages and comedy stages and entertainment stages and all these different things going on. I so said, I'd love to create that in a virtual space somehow, but make the focus of it kindness. I said, I think I think I've found the platform to do it. And at this point in time, uh, Kirsty and I had been experimenting with Remo that you know about now. I said, I think I've got the right platform we can host it on as well. And Joe said to me, right, okay, so why don't we do it? So a bit like my sentence there of, you know, we should we could be the ones that do something about this rather than just waiting for somebody to do it. So why don't we do it? Right, let's do it. So we sat that afternoon, we wrote down a list of people that we thought felt that amplified kindness as speakers. And as hosts, we put them all down the list. We contacted them all that afternoon. We had the lineup confirmed 40 hours later. We had the tickets on sale by the Saturday morning. That was the Thursday afternoon. We had cleared 30 tickets by the Monday morning. And five weeks later, we had raised almost £3,000 for charity and had people in that space celebrating an education of workplace kindness. And the ripples that were created from that, Uh, We also had Sophie Ellis-Bexter, who did a video for us. Yeah, in her kitchen,
0: wasn't it? Yeah.
1: Yeah, She created a song to us. Uh, I made cakes for Sophie Ellis-Bexter, so I now have that claim to fame that I've made chocolate muffins for her kid. (laughs) Uh, And she was just absolutely fabulous. But it came out of of that card, just sitting at my desk and going, Mm. random act of kindness, what's the biggest random act of kindness tag that I could do? I could say why don't we have a kindness festival why don't you join me why don't we tag other people involved in it and see how many ripples we could actually create through other people so remo is a very different platform to what zoom or teams are it, it, when you arrive in the space it's more like a, a bird's eye view of a floor plan and you double click on the table that you want to sit at and then you chat to other people at that table and your video screen comes on then if you see another table with another conversation going on like a networking event you would click on that table and move there so it fitted perfectly for a festival space and then the presenting mode as the main speaker comes onto the big screen and you only see them and nobody else so it worked perfectly we've got our next event on the 11th of december which is kind Fish usa because somebody in the us approached us about doing something similar and, and, I was and said,
0: let's not be around the bush here that that is amazing scott that it's now yeah been picked up in the usa just from an idea a ripple yeah, and that a, ripple's gone big yeah he
1: said i'd love to do something similar here could you help us with it and we went absolutely so
0: yeah it's um, an amazing achievement well done
1: we, i'll tell you straight away we had those we've had that's not until 11th of december and we've only just started posting about it and we've already raised seven thousand dollars that's amazing to, yeah for two charities um and again that's something that it's really important to emphasize here that all those events and all those people that contribute to them, my time, anyone else's time that does it, they all do it through kindness. Nobody earns anything through it, yeah. apart from a gesture of kindness that those two charities get the benefit from it. And probably even even bigger is the stories that flow from it. I was getting messages three yeah. weeks ago from people on LinkedIn. Dude, three weeks after a a digital event, people were still messaging me and saying how much this changed this or how much this did this. Yeah. And I said, wow it's three weeks down the line and people are still posting about it on social media.
0: It's so powerful, Scott, though. You know, like, I think, like I mentioned, it had a, you know, it touched me, the stories that I heard on that day. You know, I'm a massive fan of Kirsty anyway. Uh, And every time I hear her, I I just find like, I just feel captivated by what Kirsty talks about. Even though I've heard her talk thousands of times now, every time she speaks, she always connects to me and touches me in a way that makes me think about I need to do something different or look at something in a different light. And I think with what you've able to done, you've created a huge movement, you know, just from a simple idea, I'd like to do something. And now you're creating the USA kind fest. So this could be a worldwide phenomenon, you know, of just being kind. And I think that it I think it, it's relative to a lot of people through this year, especially, because you think about going back into April. Um, when we had the first lockdown, what did everybody do? They went to the supermarket and just bought shitloads of toilet roll for themselves. Yeah, yeah, fight and crash, right? It was embarrassing, wasn't it, right, to be a human, I think, at that point, to see, oh, my God, what what are we doing? And I think then people started to reflect and think, oh, yeah, maybe we shouldn't have done that. I mean, I'm not saying I did. I didn't do that at all, but it's embarrassing to see that. But I think now people are really starting to think, well, maybe – this was a bit more serious than we thought. The global pandemic is a little bit more dangerous than what we thought. I, I mean, even myself, I thought by the summer we'd be out of it. You know, I didn't think that by 21st November when we record this, that we'd still be at this point. But we do need to be a bit more kinder. You know, I think that we forgot that. I think a lot of people just went within themselves to look after themselves. You know, it's that freeze, fight and flight moment, isn't it? Everybody uh, went into defensive mode, survival mode. And then people started to think. Oh, actually, do you know what? There's other people out there. It's probably worse than me. And we need to do this. And what you've able to create is this. You've said it loads of times. Is is an experience. You know, it's not just this event. It's an experience that you can walk in. You can feel something. You can take something away, and you can feel empowered to go create a ripple. And I've got to say this to you, Scott. I certainly felt it from the last one that I went with you guys, which was where Matt was obviously talking. Uh, about that the, the, we create kindness I started and I've talked about this in one of my recent podcasts about sending voice memos and uh, little videos on Instagram so I will send a little video to someone just telling them how how great they are and you know thank you for following my page or thank you for supporting me I really appreciate it. you are awesome keep it going I love what you do and that's such a nice little surprise and it's, it's nothing nothing that's cost me anything uh, the only thing it costs me is my time which is is nothing come on let's face it we're all sitting there aren't we at our zooms and stuff like that but by me just saying to them can't just say scott that you're awesome you know i love what you're doing thanks for supporting me uh keep up the great work and when you receive that little message that just makes you go oh my god wow i think at this time you know everyone feels a little bit are we on the right path are we on the right track um you know i uh, need some reassurance and just having that kindness fest you know it's brilliant oh we've actually got um uh hi paul uh nice to see you as well we've also got chris chris just said uh love your little instagram vids there you go so uh thanks chris um that's one of the uh the videos i sent to chris actually but scott i love yeah. that i think it's a, a a massively powerful thing so i'm guessing i'd like to ask you it might be early now but what's the plans for kind fest what's the the next big thing i mean usa come on that's pretty huge anyway yeah. I mean, so what's really next from that
1: the lineup for the USA one. I mean, some of the speakers that we've managed to, because obviously I, don't, I like I'm I'm in Scotland, right? So my marketplace isn't predominantly US. I know a few people, <laughs> not not massive amount. So the two ladies who invited us to do the US one. Um, and Joe, between Joe and I, we've been really building our network around trying to get the right speakers there. So the first the first point is the the immediate future is the 11th of December one. We need to get more people there. We need to get more people sharing it. Um and we need people to come and see the brilliant lineup that we've got arranged because we've got we've brought our four speakers we had back from the UK one again to do kick the second one, but we've made it a little longer and we'll put a lineup of more speakers. So there's gonna be between eight and ten live speakers at the event. Um and um again going back to the curation point, I think it's important we have a nice uh, really important, diverse range of speakers. Um that really do talk about kindness in lots of different ways. And that's really representative of this space that we're working in as well. So be that, a, a, you know, a balance of who's speaking or what they're speaking about is really important. We've managed to secure people who are two times TEDx speakers and things to do stuff for us. We just sent a message and said, this is Kindfest. This is what it was about. And this is the aim. And they went, sign me up. No problem. Yeah. Wow. Do you know so yeah. We're actually starting to get people come to us and say, I'd love to. Yeah, I'd love to yeah. hear that. And after I sending a message, that it's almost like one message. Do you think about messaging somebody on Twitter and saying, "Hi, I'm Joseph Vanner. I'm Scott Leeper. This is what came is about. Would you be up for it?" And yeah. like four hours later, you go, yeah, no problem." Yeah, yeah. This is a really compassionate currency to trade in when people yeah you know, holding things. Beyond that, we've got something planned for February this year. So I was doing a, a thing I do every Friday through Cognitize is high five. So we do a five, uh, a kind of five to 15-minute introdu- uh, interview with people to talk about the last five days of learning powered by one of the Cognitize cards. And we were... Oh, yeah. To- How you? I think you had Sarah Rudder.
0: Didn't you do five yeah. days of with Sarah Rudder?
1: Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah I saw that. that. Yeah, great video. Yeah, she was fabulous. Um, and they nominate somebody the next week. So when we had Gavin Oates on uh, talking about his, his card, Garden left a, a book in a park bench in Edinburgh with one of our mobile library cards inside it to give the book as a gift for the next person. So the idea of the card is you pick your favourite self-development book, and then you leave it in a random place for a stranger to find. And he oh, did amazing. that. And at the end of it, he nominated Andy Cope, who is a, a Doctor of Happiness in an all-round superhood. You probably get one of Andy's books in there somewhere. There you go. <laughs> yes, I love this book. Great, Andy, absolutely amazing book, yeah. We interviewed Andy a few weeks ago. Um, the podcast, Andy raised the challenge to me, or to Rory and I rather, and I, I took the challenge up. So Andy hasn't, doesn't know about this yet. Uh, okay. So this, <laughs> so this is it. live, Scott, so be careful if, you, if you're if you not so supposed Andy to say said it. That he did something last year where it was to see how many random acts of kindness he'd get in one city in one day. And I think, I'm sure he said at the time the world record was held by Bristol. And his home city of Derby decided that they could beat that. And they had over 25,000 random acts of kindness in one single day. He says, so I'll hand the button to you guys to see if you can beat it. So he's giving me a challenge to beat a kindness score. And I'm going to go, oh, oh yes. <laughs> so we've done two things. We've tried to register with um World... Do you know you have that site in the US where you can register national days? We've tried to register... Random Act of Kindness Day for February next year. I think off the top yes. of my head, February the 23rd. Um, we've chosen a random day in the calendar because we think that every day should be a kindness day and we're not picking any date for any particular reason. Obviously, if it clashes with National Donut Day, then that's going to be an issue. <laughs> yes. But um, what we're going to try to do is, I've been watching a lot of news at the moment and I try not to doom scroll because it's not good for your mental health. But one news channel, in particular, and CNN, the US, they've always got this heat map of the infection rates of COVID across the US, and it's darker red the worse the rates are. It's a horrible, horrible image to look at. And I thought, well, what would the world map and we let it with yellow, with sunshine and optimism and kindness? Yeah. The, the brighter yellow, the more kindness there was about yeah. the thing. So our this in February this year, when we get the date finalised. Is we're going to see how many random acts of kindness across the world that we can actually generate across the entire world in one single oh, day. Man. So Darby's at 24,000. Let's say that Nottingham gets 26,000. I've just created some controversy in Nottingham and Darby and they're bordering with each other. That's a really dangerous <laughs> <thing>. <laughs> Yeah. And, and then Gallus-Glasgow gets 30,000. And then, you know, Los Angeles gets... 2.1 million, and it just grows and grows and grows in one single day, but then we push it beyond that one single day. Yeah. Single day. So I think it's going to be something quite special, actually. Yeah. Um, I'm getting often. excited just listening to it. I think it sounds amazing. Yeah. yeah. That was through Andy's challenge. That he said, could you beat that in one city? And I went, well, we could beat it in lots of cities, but let's try and tie it into one big movement on one day. So um, we're going to call it kind I'm going to go on one nice. single day and see how many acts of kindness that we can get across the world on one yeah. single. Day, the difference it makes to the world, then let's see that heat map. So the, uh, where we're at at the moment is trying to get the right company to do the the IT side of it. Um, mm. think it'll probably be powered by a hashtag that we use. That hashtag it lights up the map, and that's the way that we'll do it. But yeah, you're the yeah. it was about that, Ricky? So you get exclusive,
0: Ooh, exclusive uh, to the podcast listeners. There, the kind of one. That's amazing, Scott. I think that's, that's amazing. I started to think, like there back in my corporate days, like thinking we should have had like a KPI for, for
1: kindness. Like, mm-hmm. why do we ever bloody do that? You know, well, there's sales. There's,
0: we'll like
1: it, think, the reason I think we don't do it is because most most commercial entities are competing to beat other commercial entities. better, <laughs> and I think turn into being, a process. Yeah, and kindness is the opposite of that. They actually, the, the more that you collaborate, the better it is rather than compete. And I think yeah, in about, about LA getting 1.2 million and Nottingham getting twenty actually, yeah, together, create something great. So I don't 100%. think a competitive space. It should be a collaborative space that the more you do, the more benefit yeah. there is for others as well. So I wonder sometimes whether <clears throat> if we built kindness into a commercial entity has had it as one of our, our values away it's working. Some we're trying to measure how much kinder they are than somebody else, yeah. rather than actually just saying, well, actually, if they're better than us, it doesn't matter because they're still doing yeah. something that's really important to people. And I've just got to share some
0: love here. You've got some great comments coming up here. So we've got Alan from Yellow Tuxedo. So uh, Alan, actually, thank you for watching this. He inspired me to start the StreamYard podcast. So this was your idea. So thanks very much, buddy. Uh, Alan's from a a great company, Scott, called the Yellow Tuxedo. They did a series uh, over the last seven weeks called Yellow Magic Hour, where they talked about brand communication, and I got involved. Uh, Alan, thank you for your comment. Loving watching and listening to this. And you've also got Chris Mooney Learning, who was on the uh, last week's episode or two weeks ago, uh, Chris Mooney, and he says, what an amazing idea. I share, I'll i share this with you, Scott. It's not probably to the extent of creating a huge ripple, but uh, one of the things that I talk about is customer experience. And uh, I, I always laugh about the idea of customer service versus customer experience, where service we talk about, hello, thank you. That's service. Goodbye, you know but the experience is what you feel after that. And I witnessed uh, an amazing experience in Morrison. So uh, hashtag Morrison's everyone love Morrison's breakfast. Um, we went to Morrison's breakfast and there was this guy, probably young guy, probably in his twenties. And I get really, I'm, I'm those uh, OCD anal guys. I probably shouldn't say that word, but I am the person that Danielle hates when she's with me because I, I, I watch service and I watch experience and I'm always commenting in my head thinking that's terrible. That's terrible. You know, but anyway, so we watched this and I just saw this guy who's great. He was, he was sweating. He was really working really, really hard. And there was this old lady in front and she was quite slow, bless her. But he just, you know, he took it in time. He was chipper with her. He was commenting. He was making her smile and making her laugh. He gave her a lovely compliment. And it was just no pressure. You know, his um, staff was tapping on the shoulder saying they need some help. And he just spent all of his time making sure that she felt great. And even to us, after he was the same consistent level of uh, great customer experience, that I thought, you know what? I felt so empowered by it that I'm, <laughs> I'm going to go buy him a chocolate bar. And I bought him a Yorkie bar. I hope he likes Yorkies. But I thought, you know what? No, no, this guy needs to know that he's doing a bloody good job. You know. So I got in this Yorkie bar, and Danielle was watching from the side, and I just said, oh, hey, hi there. I don't really know your name, but I just want to say that you, you're bloody excellent. And I think you deserve this, you know, I, I don't know if you like chocolate. You went, no, no, I like chocolate. Thank you so much. And he said, oh, oh, thank you so much. You, you really made my day. And you could see his face just light up. Clearly he'd been working extremely hard. He was knackered. Um, they were probably short staffed because of the restrictions, but he deserved to know that. And that just simple act of kindness. I think the better way he would have done, would have been if I had just dropped an envelope secretly for him with the chocolate bar in there. And I could have been this mystery. Oh my God. Mystery act of kindness. But I just thought, you know what, he's got got to know about this. And I think that we should just do more things like that and and tell people how great they are, Um, you know, because we're in a tough world, aren't we? But let's go create some kindness. So I think, Scott, we need to get that out there. Once you've got the kind of fun out there, let us know and let's get that out to the listeners. I think that'll be absolutely amazing. Oh, we got a message there from Chris. Got a call now, but we'll catch you later. Great chat, guys. I'll thank you, Chris, for coming on. So Scott, um we weren't going to talk about um, customer experience, but we've kind of gone off on the uh, the whole kindness route, which I think is absolutely amazing. But I think that this is a, a really, really suitable and relative topic right now because we need to share more kindness with people. but you never um, you, this was never, I guess your plan, was it? You started from a, a a different career that led into what you do now as a consultant. but tell us a little bit about your backstory of how you kind of got into delivering experiences. I think that's what we should title this episode, how to yeah. deliver an experience with Scott Leeper. because we've we've talked about this musical conference. But uh tell us about your backstory Scott.
1: Um so my my first job in a left school was a was a pool attendant. <laughs> a, the- a pool attendant. <laughs> the lifeguard. Uh, <laughs> okay. I was a really bad swimmer and uh I just liked the whole idea and concept of working in sports. I kind of wanted to do sports coaching but I wasn't quite serious enough at school to get the grades to, to go and do the degree to do it. So I thought another route through it would be go cool and do some kind of coaching. So I was doing basketball coaching on the side and football coaching on the side. So I was doing my qualifications and my badges to try and train up to be a coach. And then I took a job as a youth trainee. Uh, back in the days, uh, earning what, 25 pounds a week or something. Doing pool attendant thing. And and then I realised that you had to be in the swimming pool at seven o'clock in the morning doing 20. 20- <laughs> in the age kind of 17, 18, when you're still hung over from a Thursday night and a Friday morning, you go, that's probably not the best career choice for me. So I didn't, I didn't stick it for very long, actually. But I'd, I kind of still had that sports bug about helping and coaching. And then I, I, I kind of fell into doing sports retail and selling sportswear and sports clothing because I, I still had a really interesting sport. But I realised really quickly that it wasn't actually the sport aspect. I love it. It was the people aspect within the sport. It was the coaching aspect. It was about the helping people aspect. And I, 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 didn't, I didn't clearly have the maturity of years to recognise that when I'd first taken the first job as as the pool attendant in the, the leisure centre. But I kind of realised really, really quickly when I started working in retail, it was actually about helping people to become what they wanted to be. It was the stuff that I was really good at and stuff that I really enjoyed doing. So that was in my early... 20s and late teens I was running concession stores and running five or six of them um, and managing people twice my age and as scary as that seemed it was it was a great experience for me it really was and I think um, I think the, the right people I had around me at that point in time were really important because they were always really great at giving young people the opportunity and always really tried to fight for the underdog and do things as well and that, that gave me some really strong Values in terms of the way in which that I still do things today, and I know it actually was a big part of cognitize when I was creating it that, that having that understanding of of how a business works and how a product works was a big part of understanding that, and I, I didn't realise that when I first started working in retail. just like your your guy you gave the the Yorkie to. Yeah, I think you want to recognise what happens next. Yeah, so when you give yeah. the Yorkie, when he walks away. You think about the service he gives someone next. And what happens next by that brilliant experience? You doing something brilliant for him, and I'd like to think for the rest of that day he's skipping the nail. And Morrison's going, "Yeah, that was great." Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. and I think that's where that's where my heart was when I first started in retail. I think retail yeah. is a brilliant um, education for people. And um, If anyone, so. you know, teenagers in the family are about to move to university, and they're thinking of taking little part-time jobs. Retail is a great space to learn, and it really is. Um, I say this to
0: loads of magicians as well, Scott, that if you want to learn how to interact and socialize with people, go get a job, you know, especially in retail, because you learn how to treat the public with respect. And, And let's face it, I'm sure you are like me, where you've, I've been called many swear words in the past, but you learn how to treat people with respect, definitely.
1: Yeah, and I I learned so much in that that space, and there are some. I mean, when I've created products as well, I, I build more experience into it. Actually, the guy who's my mentor's in the cognitized card is one of the characters on one of the cards. He's in there as a character oh, on the back. Is it this one? Uh, no, no, he's not. No, so oh. he, he's on there. There's a card called uh, Kicker. Well, oh, see. right, yeah and the guy that saw it was my mentor when i first started working in retail and there's a story on the card that i tell about him about how he was great at giving young people an opportunity and the process that he used to do that which was about observing what people do kind of recording what good looks like classifying that as a good standard and then kind of educating people about how to do it differently and really working with them and that's where the term os came from O R C E. and um and that, that stuck with me all the way through my career is actually understanding what's happening in the space and trying to do something with it. And just as a small experience of that, like we, when we used to get new footwear into the store, like I, I'm like a trainer geek, right? I collect trainers. I've got like something like 64 pairs in the house just <laughs> I've, I've never got enough space for. But it was never enough for me that people should just know what the shoe looks like. They had to understand what it felt like. So we used to take, I'll take my shoe off here to show That's, We used to take a, I pay the shoes and we asked when the new shoes come in we would throw them to the person who worked in the shop floor we'd ask them to put the shoe behind their back and tell us the brand first of all we'd be able to find a logo on it and then we used to tell them what the upper was made of what the midsole and the outsole was made of what size it was um what style it was and then try and guess what color it was now the guessing the color might seem pretty impossible but if you knew the shoe range well enough you'd know how many colors it came on so you'd have a choice of probably four colors probably a lot more difficult to do now when you get Anthracite yeah. black and <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the colors you get now, but but the whole principle of doing was that people really understand the footwear and what that meant from a customer experience point of view was when people come through the door of this of the shop, the staff that worked with me could look at somebody's feet and say, size eight, yes, even have to ask what size it would be because they knew people's footwear inside out and the new people's shoes and styles, yeah, yeah. and I think that that's. That that's carried kind of with me is a customer experience. Anything that I create now for customers, or curate for customers. I'm always thinking about they're walking through my door and what kind of yeah. experience they're actually going to get, and what does that look like for them? What does it feel like for them? So I've never, I've never forgotten it. Yeah, because they they always somebody said to me in retail many years ago that everything speaks when you walk through the door of a retailer. Everything speaks to you to the music, the smell, the staff, the color scheme, how bright it is how yeah. tidy how well presented it is and i think um whether we're doing virtual experiences or whether we're doing face-to-face experiences and having been a part of you know a few of your shows when you're doing your your, your brilliant magic as well and your entertainment and your your presentation of it ricky everything mm. speaks to your background yeah. where you're presented to how you converse with people 100%. to how you feel at home to your comedy um yeah. Every, everything speaks in those... Comedy? It's a serious show, Scott. I don't <laughs> know that. <laughs> that, to it, though, that when people recommend you to yeah. themselves, they don't yes. recommend you because you're a magician. They recommend you because you're Ricky Long. You are
0: so right. And I, I've shared this so many times on my podcast, people get fed up with it and I love it. It's the Maya Angelou phrase. You know, people won't remember what you said. They won't remember what you did, but they will never forget how you made them feel. And my whole mantra in life is to create some sort of legacy that, you know, fingers crossed. But if I was to die, (laughs) that sounds really morbid, sorry. But whatever I did when I worked in retail, if I was to leave a team or leave a business, they would remember how I made them feel. So they might, you know, they'd forget all the times I was a, a shouty manager or anything like that. But it was all about the experience of how you make people feel. And I think that people should create a legacy. And you're absolutely right. I totally agree with you about the first impressions. And, and I love, I don't know if you've heard of Steve McDermott. He's a fantastic speaker. I'm going to try and get on the podcast at one point. And he talks about the four minute rule, which is that you have between seven and 17 seconds to create a first impression. But if it's not a good first impression, you have up to four minutes to recover. So for example, you might walk into a shop and there's there's dust or dirt on the floor and things like that. And you might think, oh, this is a really messy or dirty store. But you have then up to four minutes to recover that. So if the next person that you interact with is is fantastic, like the guy with my Yorkie bar, it makes you forget that. But interestingly enough, I find that um, I do this quite a lot. And I don't know if people, listeners do this as well, right? When you're walking into a shop and I, let's say, um, so I just pick out Tesco's and, and I'm not sponsored by Tesco's at all. But if I walk down an aisle in Tesco's and let's say they've left a bit of cardboard, uh, on the floor, from where they've unpacked the boxes or something like that, I'll pick it up and I'll go give it to a colleague and say, "I found this on the floor." How many people walk past that piece of cardboard and just leave it? Now I know that I don't work there, and some people might say that's not my responsibility, but I'm just doing something to add to that. You know, that it's not my job to do that, but I want to. I want to be a, a respectful human being. I want to be a kind human being. That I want to treat things with with care. When we was in um, in Argos, I used to get all of my colleagues to do the same. If you're walking out on the shop floor, pick that rubbish up. I don't care if it's dirty. Go get some gloves. You know, this is about the experience of how you make people feel. And I'll do that outside. You know, if I go to Tesco's later on, I'll pick that up because it's not just that person's job. You know, this is about us being human beings here and treating people. And that's where that links to that experience that we should look after people and treat them with respect and, and dignity. You know. Um, you've got a, a couple of comments come up again uh, they're loving this chat Scott uh, agreed retail is a great place to learn about treating customer and clients uh, thank you Alan um, for for sharing that I, I find that you're absolutely right Scott I think that I I don't regret anything uh, about my life with retail I think I never really knew where I wanted to go in life but I think retail has certainly served me as a person that I can understand how to treat people basics hellos um, respect you know Um and, and that really makes you feel grateful as well. But to me, if I hadn't done that, I don't think I would be the magician or the, the performer that I am now. It, it sharpened up my skills in life to create an experience, you know? I
1: kept all my um all my work from retail days as well. So I used to do a lot of stuff at the back end in a retail experience to engage the staff. We used to have yeah. um, whiteboards in the back office and there wasn't a lot of businesses, I don't think, doing this at this point in time. But we used to we used to take the whiteboards and actually do entertainment on them every day. Like we, we, we do like posters and quotes and competitions and all yeah. of this. And that's all custom practice there in retailers. You get it all the time, but yeah. we were a different person every day, the power of the pen to go and create their own whiteboard to see what was happening in the store that day. So it wasn't me doing it. Yeah. It was my staff doing it. So that what we know in 2020 about neuroscience tells us about people's autonomy and choice you know without knowing it we were doing that we were giving people the autonomy and choice to go and create something and, and do it. and it didn't it wasn't always perfect I mean sometimes some of the quotes were a bit offensive that people got. <laughs> yeah but, but but they still they still did something that, that meant they had some choices over how the day was going to go and what it was yeah. like now I, I totally agree with you with it that, that there's nothing that frustrates me more when I walk into retail and they're pulling the vacuum around at 10 past five and the store doesn't cro- close to half past yeah yeah. Uh, yeah. Money's worth less to you at ten past five than it was at nine o'clock, and yeah, you know, from what I've read, statistically, most thefts happen in the last half hour of retail trading hours. Which yeah, you the teams are but they're not as focused on the customer during that time. times. So it would be early parts of the morning, so uh, yeah. stuff. Like that, I still, as a retailer at heart, I, I've got two
0: examples here, Scott. That is absolutely, and you'll know this if you've been in an Argos store. Many years ago, I used to tell my colleagues off at doing this one as their manager. You um you know the the browsers, uh the yeah. digi- uh, the the browsers, the laminated ones, this used to always happen years and years ago in Argos. It gets to about 20 past five, and for some reason there was no there was no really rule to do this, but everybody folds them back so that they're ready for the next morning, right? Um but what people would do is they walk past and go, poof, 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 and there'll be a customer still there and go. Um, yeah. just so you know, we're closing in 10 minutes and then they carry on going, poof, poof. Now that tells you, they don't want you in the shop. I'm closing yeah. up. I'm tidying up. And and I've done this at wedding fairs as a magician. Now, wedding fairs, wedding fairs can be really, really long, really long days. You're on your feet. Um, if a wedding fair is, for example, half 11 to half two, you're not supposed to pack up until after, but sometimes you kind of know that it's the end about quarter past two because there's no one else coming in. Right. I will not pack up until I'm obviously told by the organizer or I'm t- or literally gone half to because that moment if someone just suddenly just arrives in because they're late they, their car was you know packing up or something like that what does that experience mean to them when they see me packing up taking off my tie folding everything down Oh, have you got a business card uh, yeah hang on I'm just packing up I'll, I'll get you one in a second it doesn't show any interest in them at all so I stand there like this you know like not like that but you know I'll stand there ready as if I've been there since half 11 and half two, because that one person may be the booking that I need or that they might want something from me and they'll connect. What does it mean when you see that, that pack it up? Now that's not all the, the case all the time, but it, it's really important, isn't it? We have to create that experience for people. You know, we make people feel great that they want to connect to us, you know,
1: oh, okay. like, I mean- we used to. I used to give the, the the team control over the music system in the last thirty minutes because most of the music was piped into us that we played. But we used to switch that off, and for the last thirty minutes, try and keep the staff more engaged and more energized. Give them choice of music that they can play their own stuff. Just yeah. give something different. Give somebody different controls of the, the kind of DJing spot for the last thirty minutes. But yeah, it, it does. It makes such a difference if you've got you know people really engaged in that experience, right to the to the very yeah. end. Just I mean one thing we did just to do at half past on the door. Actually, this was more for comedy value than anything. We used to always play closing time by semi-sonic, right? <laughs> closing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That yeah. was just more people could see the comedy on it. It wasn't yeah, anything yeah. or boofing catalogs or yeah, or yeah. The door in front of them, it was just a little gentle nudge at half past five and the light when the light yeah. was to let people know that we we're gonna start tidying up, but it would never be played at quarter past to say. Out, husband, yeah, get luck. out. I want to go
0: home. I've been here 10 hours. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think it's interesting, isn't it? And I think this is where it rings to um rings the bell now in terms of the COVID, that I i personally believe this and I felt this. Not everyone, this isn't a generalization, but I do feel that some businesses and some shops have just used the, the COVID as a process to tick a box, but not really deliver an experience. And I find we might have to do another podcast episode, Scott, about process versus the experience. I always find that some people get hung up on the process and that limits them from delivering the experience. An example for me would thinking about in the past where an uh, elderly lady or elderly uh, couple maybe needs something carrying out to their car. Oh, no, Ricky, you're not allowed to. Um, if you haven't got your high-vis jacket, you can't go out there. Oh, for God's sakes, come on, they're old. Yeah, but you, you, you know if you get in trouble, health and safety. I, I know, of course, legal complications. Yes, I know every business needs to do that, but come on. What's the right thing to do here? And I think some people forget that what's the right thing to do? You know, yeah. I think there's a, a phrase I used to have on my office. I think it was like um, managers uh, do the right thing always, but leaders always do the right thing. And it was the yeah. difference between leading that service about, you know, following process. And that's where it kind of comes full circle to the um, the COVID thing is that I'm experiencing just a tick box, not an experience there is one guy in my local tesco's that me and Danielle will specifically wait to be served by him because he's just wonderful and so much so that now obviously with the restrictions i know that you'll have a couple of colleagues that will direct you to go to a till because they want to make sure that there's not lots of people grouped around we were there the other week and uh, one of the colleagues said oh do you want to come down to this till and we're like no 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 yeah. we want martin we want martin Because he makes us feel special. He makes us feel valued. He's an elderly colleague, but every time he gives a little bit of witty banter, a joke, but he just makes us feel special. But not everybody does that. And I want to make sure that whenever I go shopping, I want to be served by him because of the experience that he makes me feel. Even if I'm just buying a pint of milk, he makes me feel special. And that's what I think we should all be doing, Uh, combined with kindness and delivering magical experiences, I think. But um, Scott, I'm going to absolutely say I'm going to wrap it up to say a massive thank you for coming on. Uh, I I, I usually keep these to about 30 to 40 minutes because I'm quite lazy because it takes forever editing these podcasts. But um, we've gone on the longest podcast we've ever done. But I've really enjoyed it. And I appreciate that uh, you've taken the time out because I was late joining anyway. But Scott, I think it's really important to let everyone know if they want to find out more about KindFest, uh, about Connect, if they want to find out more about your business, where can people find you and how can they get hold of you?
1: So, firstly, start with Kindfest. So, if you just go onto Eventbrite and you type in uh, Kindfest USA, you'll find tickets on there which are by donation only. So, whether well, that's a pound, a dollar, whatever you want to donate, you can get access to that event. It's a two stage event. So, we're running two events on the one day with different speakers in each lineup, and that's on the 11th of December. Um, for Cognitize, uh, if you want to check out Cognitize, you just go to imaginosity.co.uk, which is miaginocit gin o not lose it. Uh, that shows you Cognitize the product in different ways you can buy it. If you want to come to one of our Connect sessions to learn more about it, our next one is next Tuesday on the 1st of December. So again, if you go on to uh, Eventbrite uh, and just type in cognitize uh, connect. Again, you'll find our session on there as well. Alternatively, you just check me out on LinkedIn, you'll see me posting about all these things regularly. There are only two Scott Leapers on LinkedIn. The other one doesn't look like this. Uh, <laughs> um, what else? Uh, Virtual Punks was the other thing I mentioned, which is a of course, yeah. collaboration between Kirsty and I that we're doing, and we're hosting uh, Christmas parties on uh, Remo as well, and they're only £5 a ticket for a Christmas party. Featuring Ricky Locke as a majestuator, ladies and gents. <laughs> yes, and, and comedians and virtual sleigh rides as well. Yeah. Yes, all that taking place, and that's on the 10th of December. And again, if you just type on the event break Virtual Punks, you'll find uh, ticket access to that event as well, where you can purchase your ticket for uh, yeah. uh, Christmas party night as well that you can get along to as well, which is going to be fabulous. So thanks again for having me, Ricky. Really appreciate it.
0: No, it's a real pleasure, Scott. And and I think as well for the virtual punks this year, you know, guys, for anyone out there, if you are listening to this on the replay, or if you're watching this on the replay, the Christmas party season this year may, who knows, with the vaccine next year, this may be the last year that we have virtual, who knows, I might be wrong, but virtual Christmas parties. And let's be honest, Christmas parties are not going to be probably happening in person this year. So the virtual punks is a really fantastic collaboration i know i'm working with Kirsty and macbooks uh, uh and scott but scott hasn't paid me to say this but it is a fantastic concept remo is really great really immersive really interactive so check it out uh, if you are looking for some sort of uh, innovative and unique experience for your christmas part this year then check it out scott you're an absolute pleasure to talk to you. thank you so much for coming on um, for anyone else that's obviously still uh, watching, thank you for sticking with us. Or if you are watching this on the replay, uh, then put hashtag replay in the comments. Obviously, this was a conversation for Unlocked, the podcast. Uh, this podcast is to inspire success in your business and to help you live the best version of your life. And we hope that uh, we've inspired some of you today. So uh, Scott, thank you very much. I'm going to play the outro and uh, stay on uh, in the green room. And I'll talk to you at the end of this. But for everyone else, stay safe. And we will see you on the next episode of Unlocked. See you soon. Bye-bye. Well, there we have it, everybody. Thank you, Scott, for an amazing interview. I really enjoyed chatting to you and I had a lot of fun. And it's one of the longest episodes that we've actually recorded. So that was really, really fun. Scott, you're an absolutely amazing human being and thank you so much for doing what you're doing in the world right now. Well, guys, that is the end of Series 1 of Unlocked. But thank you so much for listening to this episode if you did enjoy the episode or if you enjoyed the first series then head over to apple Podcasts and let me know what you think to this episode by leaving a review i do hope that you all have a wonderful christmas please take care stay safe and i'll join you for series two of unlocked in the new year merry christmas everybody goodbye